0: Hi, everyone. This is Uni. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Unique Paradigms podcast. Welcome to our discussion. Our previous podcast episodes discussed Indian and Tamil diaspora. Recently, my interactions have brought more attention to the role of identity in the diaspora communities for Indo Caribbeans. As my efforts continue to expand in diversity, equity, and inclusion, I do find that I continuously reflect on the prevalence of Indian identity in my own community. Cities where I've lived in where there was a more dense population, we can certainly see different patterns of cultural identity. The Oxford English Dictionary defines identity as the fact of being who or what a person or thing is, or the distinct personality of an individual regarded as a persisting entity. In academia, we can also see a similar interpretation through the writings of Beller and Learson. They assert that the aspects of identity become to mean being identifiable and is closely linked to the idea of permanence through time – something remaining identical with itself from moment to moment. This also highlights a unique sense of self. The narrative is self-led. There but is a greater need for understanding the double diaspora among Guyanese, Tsarnamis, and other Indo-Caribbeans. This is beyond a search through history but rather a critical assessment of language, culture, nationality, and the migration of traditions. In many ways, we unify through our shared culture and music and other Boshpuri or Tamil customs. However, language has an institutional role and it presents a difficult case because it serves multiple functions and it operates symbolically as well as communicatively. Also, when we look at the functions, it is unclear. Language is used in major institutions. It's symbolic of the language's legitimacy within a society, but the legitimacy is perceived as the language is used communicatively at the same time. So the line between language as a symbol and as a means of communication It may seem to enmesh because the two are often correlated to the process of negotiating an identity. Having discourse in this space is important, respectfully we can agree or disagree, but the results may promote a more equitable outcome through our individual network. The concept of Diaspora has a significant influence on transnational solidarity, as well as helping to capture experiences of populations of other Indians throughout the Diaspora. Indi-Caribbeans, particularly in the Diaspora, have multiple identities, rather than a strong connection to a homeland of India that the connection spans beyond four generations. Through the context of nationalism, we can see multiple identities formed, and some are more developed than others. The identities that exist among Indo-Caribbeans, it spans different religions, economic class, vernacular, that's unique to ancestry or nationalism, so we're definitely not a monolith. We can also see patterns today. Where countries such as the UK, Canada, United States, and some European countries have supported a constructive environment for Indo-Caribbeans in the diaspora to establish a, and develop aspects of their cultural and social identity. So, To hear that perceptions of aspects of identity are incorrect from media influencers who are non-experts of culture and community, It can be disconcerting and we can also see how this can create conflict. Because when we consider the dimensions of identity and the effects that can stem from the media, identity can mean either a social category or in the sense of a personal identity. We often find that Indo-Caribbeans associate their identity with being West Indian because there is a lower sense of Indian identity. However, some feel that the term has predated the Indian arrival to the region. But I think in retrospect, looking at these perspectives, There is much more discourse that's needed. There are many more factors to consider, especially we want to be inclusive and equitable. The achievements of frameworks, such as intersectionality analysis, can extend into diasporic communities to help explain how the fields of power operate and interact to produce a hierarchy for any limitless combination of identities paradigms such as intersectionality can extend into diasporic communities to help explain how fields of power operate and interact to produce hierarchies in our community. The elaborations of intersectionality have helped to refine various complex identities and how they have interacted with legal structures. Kimberly Crenshaw published two classic works where she conceptualized intersectionality. And it rep- represented a foundation of theory, defined political and power categories, and applied a methodological contribution. Crenshaw identified how there is an interrelationship between power as well as these structures, as well as giving opportunities for a reorganization of political interventions. There was opportunities to use the findings to reconceptualize the delivery of services. So having a lens that is inclusive requires a forum where discourse can occur throughout global as well as scholarly communities. So such collaboration and research has helped to address significant differences in perception among generations who migrated as adults in the diaspora, younger generations, those raised in the diaspora, and those that were born in a diaspora. So there is a variance in the use of theories and methodologies that influences how researchers conceptualize identity. So cultural identity is also most appropriate when we consider the Indo-Caribbean diaspora. A collective identity among Indo-Caribbeans is also illustrated when we look at the patterns of diasporic identity, where we can see a shared cultural identity. The axes of identity by David Winterstein, identifies four types of cultural identities. Nested or embedded identities, conceived as concentric circles, marble cake or mixed identities, where the components are inseparable at different levels and they influence each other, cross-cutting or overlapping identities, separate or exclusive identities. The first axis is the inclusion, a set of attributes that an individual uses to communicate with a group. The second is the exclusion or the ensemble of means in which the group differentiates itself from others. The third defines itself as a point of identification within a culture's value system. And the fourth axis is related to space, which helps to associate a cultural group with a specific territory. Winterstein asserts that the fact that each identity is maintained around a unique set scent of constantly evolving attributes, which illustrates the identity process as being negotiated by a given group. and also reinforces the necessity of examining identities within these different contexts. So within these four axes the cultural norms are implied and meanings that they work together to create this phenomenon known as cultural identity. But aside from this context it would be possible to also explore the influences that are common to the group's unique and social position, the variances in different regions. Understanding this process is complex and constantly, the change of human environment shapes one's identity. But if we accept that cultural identities are negotiated along these four axes, inclusion, exclusion, time, and spatial continuity, understanding the roles that are played by language and media in this negotiation requires that we ask how various elements are going to take hold, how they evolve and how they fade away over time. Diaspora communities are unique and they share a need for identity and connection to a homeland as a collective identity. Historically, we can explore the status of West Indian immigration during post-colonization periods to also assess relationships through correlational analysis. But from this perspective, I am hopeful that our network continues to expand and the population of Indians in the diaspora continue to connect, respecting our differences. And to do this, we also must self-conceptualize our own identities where we can feel comfortable within ourselves to drive for a change it is a skill that improves with practice and continuous nurturing. But we will often encounter difficult discussions that are often unwelcomed. Truthfully, it is a healing journey as we take on different roles and explore different behaviors to overcome experiences of oppressive structures. But it's also important to express when there are assumptions placed on communities. When we consider the layers of identity, for the Indo-Caribbean community, we are still refining our presence and navigating the discourse. My intention is to include a scholarly perspective. As a community throughout the Caribbean, Guyana, and Sermon, diasporic groups, there are various views that need to be considered among Indians with ancestral connections to the indentured experience and parallels that can be drawn from sharing these experiences. So, we definitely have an opportunity when we consider how extensive the diaspora is. Ideally, we want to be interconnected, however, various our national identities are. There's a, a much more layers to uncover. Particularly, community response is another variable that we can explore when we consider the relationship to individuals within a diaspora. Culture in itself is not unmoving, it's very fluid. It evolves, adapts, and adopts. As we explore these relationships, perceptions, and assumptions, there is a need to measure the population, to critically assess and measure behaviors when we consider public policy, programs, and community efforts. This informs our processes and eventually promotes change in our global landscape for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our collective efforts will help us get to that point. Our collective efforts will get us to that point. I look forward to talking to you all soon. Look out for me in our socials as well. I'll be sharing a glimpse at my oath of office ceremony as I start my term as an arts commissioner here in Peoria, Arizona. Thank you for sharing this journey with me. I look forward to speaking to you all soon.